Welcome to the Gym OS Podcast, helping fitness professionals become better business owners one episode at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gym OS Podcast. Dan Weimer here, CEO of Push Press, and I'm here to today to talk about everyone's favorite topic, and that's leads. I've got someone who is a domain expert in this, Mike Wiest from UpLaunch joining us. Fun fact for those of you guys who don't know, Mike actually used to be an employee of PushPress a long time ago and UpLaunch uh, snagged him away. We lost a good guy, but he's still fighting hard for gym owners out there and affiliate owners out there. And um, we, of course, wish him the best, still friendly, and we love the guys at UpLaunch. Mike, really quick, why don't you introduce yourself to our guests so they get to know who you are? Yeah, my name is Mike Wiest. I am a CrossFit affiliate owner. I've owned my gym since uh, April of 2013. And one of the original employees, founders of, you know, UpLaunch is a, a tool that helps gym owners, you know, manage their entire client lifecycle. It's a great tool that a lot of gym owners need in their business to really run an effective business. So I've been in the industry for a long time. I spend a lot of time helping gyms, you know, really maximize their potential. I think a lot of gym owners, you know, want to have these really great client experiences and they do a great job in the gym, but there's definitely opportunities to improve their systems and their processes. Right on. Yeah. A lot of people, when they talk about UpLaunch, they talk about it as a CRM and I can see where they're coming from. I've always called it customer lifecycle management system, which I don't know if I just made up that term. I really don't know where it came from, but that's what I've always (laughs) called you guys. And to me, it's because it maps directly with, well, the life cycle of a customer, right? They come in as a lead, they get sold in as a client. There's a point where you're trying to get them bought into what you're doing and part of your, your community. And then there's the retention and probably like a, an upsell, cross-sell or referral component to it. And then there's maybe a reactivation. They quit, you know, they, they find another gym or they, they for what, whatever circumstance they quit, and then you get them back in the gym two years later, right? Um, do you, how do you see that? Yeah, I think you actually nailed it pretty well. You know, you need to have those three stages of the life cycle, right? So the lead management portion, you know, what do you do with the lead if they're, you know, super engaged and ready to get started to somebody who maybe comes in for an appointment, but doesn't purchase? How do you handle or manage that? You know, when it comes to clients, you know, you have your, your onboarding piece, right? You have your your foundations, your fundamentals, their first three, two, three months in the gym, what do you do with them? But then what do you how do you handle long-term members and keep them engaged and satisfied with your offering? And the you know, the final piece is is that reactivation. You know, what do I do with old members? You know, I built these relationships with people, they left for whatever reason. How do I re-engage them and get them back in the door? And we see a good two to five percent of those people you can get them back on in any year. Right on. Yeah. So one of the big topics we're going to talk about in today's episode is going to be centered around leads, leads in general. I know it's a hot topic among gym owners because it's the sexy part of the sales funnel. It's like, it's more fun to talk to new people and help new people than it is to deal with the end of your funnel, which is like re-engaging customers and stuff like that. What do you see the biggest mistake people are making when it comes to leads? Yeah, that's a great question. Great point. People don't respond quick enough. They let leads linger. And what I mean by that is if you say you're running ads or you're, you, know, you have a form on your website and a lead opts in, 
you know, you, you put a barrier in front of them. Like maybe somebody is super excited to get started. They've finally decided they want to put fitness into their life and you don't reply back to them for hours. It's, they're just in this limbo, you know, and if they're looking at multiple options, you know, in a lot of our cities, a lot of our areas of the country, there are multiple options. There might be multiple, you know, CrossFit, CrossFit gyms. There might be multiple martial arts gyms. And if you go and opt in and say, Hey, I want more information or I want to schedule an appointment and you don't have those tools set up, you know, the gym down the street probably does. And the gym down the street may get back to that lead within, you know, just a couple of minutes wherein you don't get back to them for hours. And so if you think about that, if you're ready to spend a decent amount of money every month to invest in your health and your fitness, and somebody thinks you're more important, that gym is going to be more likely to convert that lead than if it takes you hours to get back to them. And that's a big deal. That time to response, it's really an indicator of how important that person is to you, how much respect you have for that person's money, time, or, or business, right? So that being said, what do you think the best tactics are for actually getting back to a lead fast? Yeah. So automation is huge in that regard, right? You can do things like set up an automated response. You know, that's kind of bare minimum. You know, automated email gets back to a lead as soon as they opt in. Automated text message to invite them to engage in more conversation. The one thing I think gym owners aren't doing consistently is actually making phone calls. You know, that's as silly as it sounds, like we don't call and actually try to build, start to build that relationship with leads. When I left a full-time career to do the software side of things, I was looking for health insurance. So I went on to a marketplace. I signed up to get more information. And I got, I can't tell you the number of text messages and phone calls from people trying to sell me health insurance. Same thing when you buy a car, like car dealers that really have their game on. If you're looking at a specific car, they get back to you immediately or super fast. And they're going to they're gonna reach out to you multiple times until you purchase a car from them. When it comes to gyms, go opt into the big names in your area, you know, the, the franchises and see how what their process looks like versus how you guys follow up. That's actually one of the thing, the strategies we learned when we were building up launches. We benchmarked other industries to see how quickly were people getting back to me as a lead. You know, that was one thing I did because I wanted to see what were best practices and, and how we could leverage that in the gym industry. Yeah. I'm going to actually challenge you on that. So I actually recently was helping someone buy a car. So I put in my information and then I got a shit ton of phone calls from every car dealership within 20 miles of me. Right. I'm actually now of the person where like, unless you're in my contact list, I don't even let my phone ring because I get too much spam. And it kind of was a turnoff to me. And I'm just curious, like, how do you hand, like, you can't know if somebody, I can also see if you call someone, they're like, wow, they actually took the time to call me. So there's a, probably a very polarized split there. How do you handle that and not piss someone off, but also hit the people who appreciate a phone call? Yeah. I mean, some people, it just really depends on the spectrum you're feeling. But I think with gyms, you know, what keeps people around in a gym, especially a, a micro gym that doesn't have hundreds of members, they have maybe 100 to 200 members, you're building relationships. And so when you can get on the phone and talk to them and start that conversation, you can really break down any barriers that they might have preconceived notions about themselves, preconceived notions about the style of training that you have. And so you have to go into that with that mindset. Because if you think everybody's going to reject you because you make phone call, a phone call to them, 
it's just going to put a barrier on yourself. And you're going to have like, you know, one thing I, I can tell you what's my staff at, at my gym. At one point we had, we were doing great with legions. We were getting people to come in for appointments, but we weren't converting for some reason. We were just going through this weird phase for like a month. And when I went and reviewed it, I found out that our salesperson was actually projecting her feelings mm-hmm. on the leads and, and said, oh, this is too expensive for them to purchase. And so we found that issue out and corrected it pretty quickly. But I think that's really the key thing there is just to not to project what you think that person is going to feel. Follow your process, follow your system. Yeah, I've always been a believer that people, and if you're listening right now, if you listen to this, you might, you might relate to it. I feel like people in general fall into a preferred communication bucket. Some people prefer to text. Some people prefer to do phone calls. Some people prefer email. So you kind of got to scatter it out there. I thought of something while you were talking. I'm curious what you're feeling on is it. What if I had an automated text come out of my lead form that said like, oh, hey, first name, super excited that you're interested in my gym name. Would you be free to do a quick call right now to talk about your options? Because then you're asking permission, right? Which, you know, and, and if I was at work filling this out and I don't want to take a phone call at work talking about personal gym stuff and I'll be like, cool, yeah, give me three minutes. I'm going to go in the stairwell. You know what I mean? What do you think about that type of a tactic? Yeah, I think that's great. You know, one of the things over the years we've, you know, working with different gym owners, they all try different strategies. And so we can actually benchmark different things across accounts if we want to do that. So one gym owner shared a really cool thing that he did. He, instead of having that initial welcome text, he actually put, hey, is this so-and-so, you know, first name. Mm-hmm. And that got that those, he got a lot of leads to actually engage to verify that was their, you know, their name, their phone number. And that started the conversation because you feel obligated to reply when you get that. And so I, I think your strategy, your tactic is, uh, is one worth uh, testing out for sure. Yeah, that's one of the biggest marketing hacks I learned is you always just ask a question. And it's, and it's not around sales. You know, like, hey, that one's perfect. Hey, is this Mike Weiss? Because it, it honestly, like w- that's a very organic response. Like if you got a call from somebody or a, a message from somebody and you're like, oh, hey, is this so-and-so? Like you're trying to figure out who it is, right? And the second marketing hack I got was like, always be organic. So a lot of times when we type up these automated emails and these automated texts, we type in a way that is not conversational. Like it's super structured and it's very like formal. But so I always try to talk to people in, in my emails as if I'm talking, like, like we were talking right now, just chill. Honestly, yeah. sometimes I purposely even like we'll, we'll put a punctuation error or like a d- one return instead of two or something, something like that to make it look like it's totally organic and I'm in a rush, right? But that's just me. No, and, and you're actually absolutely right. Probably the digital marketing space for many years now. And, and some of these guys will send out the incorrect link so they can send out a second email yeah, just to, to hit that inbox a, a second time. Uh, one of the strategies we actually deploy in our campaigns is a difference between some of those emails that look like they're templated you know, with content and then other emails that look like you pulled out your phone and just wrote it real quick and mm-hmm. sent it. So it's definitely a great strategy and it, and it makes a lot of sense, especially <laughs> when you talk about relationships you know, with your members or even former members from the strategy of reactivation, you know, those more personal written copy looks and performs a lot better than something that's more templated or standardized. Yeah. Yeah. There's a time and place for both, right? Obviously you got to use deploy the right weapon for the right 
battle, I guess, is, is the way we want to yep. phrase that. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, in general, the way I see leads is like, there's a couple different buckets of leads. Now, actually, there's not. There's What it is, is when a person actually fills out your lead form on your, on your gym website, they want to know about your gym. Like they, They're telling you that. And you made an analogy, which I'm going to, I'm going to steal and just drop. It's like, it would almost be like you're sitting at a bar and a person of the opposite sex actually like kind of makes eyes at you. Like, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. And to your analogy, like if you don't get up and go talk to them right away, someone else, they might start making eyes somewhere else. Right. Like the way it would feel like if you use this bar analogy, if, <laughs> if, if someone made eyes at you and you don't go talk to them right away, they're gonna be like, Oh, they're not interested. I'll go, I'll, I'll look at this other way. Right. And that's basically what you're doing to your leads if you're not communicating right away. Yeah, it reminds me of college, right? You know, like you know, see somebody you're interested in, you start walking over, and then if somebody gets in front of you, guess what? You sit, you turn around and walk away. You don't go yeah. engage, right? Or, so I, mean, I think it's the same thing. To take that analogy further, like someone's indicating they're interested in talking to you, and you're like, hold on a second, I'm coaching a class, and I'm doing some other stuff, and I'm, I'm going to do my groceries first, and then I'll come talk to you. And it's like, what do you expect that person to do, right? It's It's pretty hilarious when you put it in, the, in, in that lens. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like they're asking to talk to you. They're, they're signaling interest. You're not ready to, to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And you think about it, that lead is in a heightened state, right? They're probably some type of emotional. I, I can tell you personally at my gym, I get a lot of leads at nine, 10 o'clock at night. And those leads, you know, are probably sitting around and ready to make change. They finally decided to get more information from you. Now, making a phone call at that time, maybe it's not the best thing, but it might be a great opportunity to send a personalized text to them and say, hey, I saw that you opted in. You want to capture that person when they're in that emotional state Mm because they might fall asleep the next day. Oh, I changed my mind. And I'll tell you this from the the push press side of things. We have um, a, a live chat on the front end of our website, and it's pretty much a mandate within our company that Whenever humanly possible, if anyone's around, you reply to anything that comes in off that as quick as you can, ideally within minutes. And so many times, like I'll go in to try to reply and someone on my team's already got it. And then I'll, I'll watch the conversation. The person will be like, holy crap, you guys actually replied. Half the people out there don't even expect you to reply because customer service sucks so bad across the board at most businesses that when you actually perform, people are like, oh my God, these guys are on. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, being a customer focused uh, business really crushes it. And I always, you know, my background was in the food service world and marketing. And, and I always share like Chick fil A crushes customer focus. And they can take 15, 16 year old kids and deliver a consistent experience. Like you work, you know, you were working with somebody that's been there for 20 years that just loves their job. And there's so much to learn from that, you know, from other industries. And Chick-fil-A didn't skip a beat when COVID happened, right? They closed down the, the inside part of their restaurants. You go through the drive-thru, you're still going to get through, even if there's 30 cars in front of you, within five to 10 minutes um, and have hot, fresh food. You know, it's so important. Yeah. Cool. So going back to that analogy, a lead comes in, you don't deal with them right away, or you do deal with them and whatever, they dry up kind of on the vine. Maybe s- someone else got in, in between you and that. And they're kind of sitting in your system. Or the other thing, it could not even be your fault is this happens to me all the time. Like I'll be on a site, I'll be on Amazon. I'm like, I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to buy this projector for my back, my backyard. I'm going to put up a movie thing during COVID. (laughs) And then a meeting comes up and then this comes up and then that comes up and it's sitting in my cart, right? That's basically what's happening when a lead comes in on your gym is sitting in the cart. 
how do you effectively re-engage this person back to talking to you? Because they were emotional at one point. Life happened. They forgot about it. They're back on their couch eating ice cream. Now what? Yeah. So that's a, I think your Amazon example is a great analogy for, for that. So if you do that in Amazon, what's going to happen? That product that you're looking at, it's going to follow you around the internet for a while. And then it's going to disappear. And then it's going to reappear at some interval. And that's very intentionally designed that way. What I would recommend from a gym owner perspective is to have that process built out, whether that's you know automated communications that happen over time, a year's worth of reactivation for lead content. You know, uh, One of the things we see in the uplaunch world is 20% of leads convert actually the two to three week mark. And so gyms that have that built out where they're engaging those people are going to convert more people over time than a gym that doesn't have that. You know, and, and you can take that same thing. You can build through a zap. You can push uh, an, a Facebook audience and reactivate people with ads that were leads previously. Or the content or the strategy, you know, maybe at the three-month interval, when you send out that automated email, you actually generate a task for your staff to make a phone call or send a manual text. And so that's super important. I, I have a good example, and I shared with this with you earlier, is we have a gym owner who had somebody that was in this system and it was eight months after they opted in, they got prompted to schedule an appointment. They came in for that appointment and they sold, I think it was $1,800 personal training package. And he would never have had that opportunity if he had not been sending that lead content consistently over that time. Right. I think it's just something that we overlook because they're not engaging, but they're still consuming. It's still a relationship that you're building, whether even if they even open the email or they see that you've sent them something, they understand that value is being attempted to be delivered to them. You know what I mean? I'll give you another example real quick before we hop hop on. There's a guy in my town. His name is Steve's Pest Control. He basically built his business in our town. He competes just as well, or if not better than any of the national chains that do pest control in our town. All he does is has he has these red branded trucks that you'll see around town. He has a great jingle on local radio. So you never know when you're going to need pest control, but there something might happen. You have termites, for example. And the first person you think of when you need pest control is Steve's pest control. It's branding. And so just being out there and having your name heard, you know, dozens or hundreds of times over a year. That could be through email automation. That could be brand awareness campaigns on social media. That's huge. And that's, people are going to choose you first when it comes to, you know, when it comes to making that decision. And so a lot of gyms don't do that long-term lead generation, you know, that branding piece. They just do like these quick hit lead generation campaigns. Mm -hmm. They'll spend a bunch of money for a challenge or something like that. And that's, it's really short-sighted. It's not a branding. It's just a tactic. Yeah. I mean, again, different weapons for different battles like that, that can solve a short-term problem, but it's not a long-term strategy. I don't think you can't run a challenge forever. I think one thing that's important when we're talking about this long-term nurturing and this concept of we've all been there, like leads come into your gym and then you get kind of butthurt because they ghost you or, you know, it's like, why did you reach out if you don't want to join a gym? And what you have to remember is they did want to join a gym. Like that's why they're in your lead funnel. And for whatever, unless they joined another gym, that pain that they felt when they filled out the form is they're carrying around with them. 
So you need to stay present to them. It's easy to be like, oh, screw this guy because he just ghosted me and, or this, this girl was totally interested and now, now she's not. But as long as that person didn't join a gym, they're still on your fishing line. You got to lose that ego and keep engaging with them. I can tell you with a lot of small gyms, it's really easy to get emotional when it comes to our business, right? We get personal. You know, we yeah. do. And we, it's, we need to take a step back and say, look, this is it's just what happens. Even when people leave your gym, it's the same thing. Like, it's really easy to get emotional. You built a relationship with that person. You, know, you see them multiple times a week. And they leave for whatever reason. It it's, may not be because they had a bad experience with you. It's just their life has changed. Mm -hmm. And so if we focus, I think a lot of times we just get too emotional in our business and we don't look at the raw data and operate it like a business. I think you would see some, some major movement for people, right? Yeah. Like look at the business slightly different. Cool. So I'm going to take a break right there. I'm going to do the, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to work on something new in the podcast I'm excited about. And I'm going to call this the three minute tactic. And the idea of this is I want, I want to ask subject matter experts like yourself something around what we're talking about. So we're talking about lead generation or nurturing, something that a listener can take right now and go and do, hopefully, in, in not a major task, like a, a 30 minute task and get immediate results out of. Do you have anything, try to put you on the spot here, but do you have anything <laughs> you can drop on our listeners right now that they can go? Once they're done with this podcast, walk over to a computer or walk out to on their gym floor, deploy and get results right now. Yeah, I have a good one, actually. And this one you can do with former clients or with old leads. If you have an old database of leads, shoot them an email. It's called the nine word email. It's not a strategy I developed, oh, yeah. but it's a strategy I discovered. Um, this is a good a, one. A couple of years ago. And so basically you would send an email like the subject line would be like, hey, first name. And then all you write is, are you still getting, are still interested in getting fit in 2020 or 2021? And you'll be amazed at the number of responses that you'll get from that simple email. So for former clients that do that, hey, I was thinking about you. How are things going? You know, that's a simple nine word email. I sent this list probably four or five years ago is when I first discovered this strategy. I sent this out to about three or 400 former members. And I had 50 to 60 responses within, I think, two hours of sending that email. Now, some of those people had moved. Some of those people were still in town. But it was so awesome just to see the responses. And it was really good for my, I would say, my emotional state because <laughs> we were like, this is the best gym I've ever been a part of. I miss, I miss the training. I miss the coaches. I miss all this great stuff. And guess what happened? I converted two of those people to reactivated those as members. So you know, think about your average client value. You know, if people stick around for a year on average, or maybe two years, and you reactivate those people, that's a significant impact in your uh, your bottom line. Just from spending uh, just a few few minutes writing that email out, finding your list, and sending it out. So it's a great strategy. It's a simple strategy, but it works, and it works yeah. really well. That's a good one. One thing to note about that: you can only do it like once a year, though. You can't hit that list one every month saying, are you still interested in whatever? But I mean, what's, what's cool is as you're saying that I was thinking, and it actually talks to two of these concepts we, we just talked about. One is if somebody was interested in your gym or was a member of your gym, this is a nagging pain. Like no one ever solves fitness. You know what I mean? Like it is a decaying thing, no matter what you do, unless, unless you're training, if you're not training, then it's decaying. Right? So these people have to be still interested to some degree. And, um, Damn, I forget. Oh, the second one was you're you're just asking a really simple question. 
It's not front loaded with a sales offer. It's not pushing anything on them. It's just like, hey, how can I help? Hey, you know, you want to have a conversation. And people literally, when they get hit with a question and nothing more, feel obligated to answer. That's like the biggest marketing hack you can learn. Cool. Last thing before we skip out, this has been a great conversation so far. This is, to me, whenever I think about communications, I always think about two things. One is the one we already talked about. What type of person is somebody and how can I make sure I, without overly manufacturing it, make sure I get in, in the channel that they like. And the second thing I'm always worried about, and this is an ever-changing thing, is what are the trends of communication? Like email was huge 10 years ago, maybe not as much so now. Text is becoming really big, but is it about to not become big because everyone says text is big, you know, SMS is big now? Like what, where do you see communication going? And what do you see like the, the 24, 12 to 24 month play of it looking like? Yeah. So text just kind of in the industry, our industry has been really pushed out by a lot of digital marketers. You know, text is read like a significant higher amount. Doesn't mean they always reply, but they at least read it because they have their phone on them 24 seven. Email is a little bit different, right? Email open rates, a good open rate would be probably 15 to 20%. You know, for your members, it would be higher typically because they're more engaged with the brand. I think from a communication standpoint, you need multi-channel. Multi-channel meaning email, text messages. It could be social groups like Facebook groups or, mm. you know, some people I see people using Slack or WeChat or the, any, any of those types of things. You really kind of got to meet people where they're at. I have people that don't have Facebook accounts that come to my gym. So how do I communicate with them versus I have other people who, you know, don't use their cell phone. They don't answer the phone. So you don't call them. This kind of goes back to the first problem I was talking about where like everyone has their communication channel and how do you get to them? Yeah. And and so you kind of got to, you got to know that, like, especially with the people you're serving on a day to day, when it comes to leads though, like it needs a multi-channel approach. Like just imagine if somebody opted into your website, they get this automated email, they get a, a text that prompts them to reply Maybe the next day you send them a, a success story from your gym, you know, somebody possibly like them. And then when they go read a story on the New York Times, they see your brand in one of those ad spots, right? And then over time, they're just, your brand is consistently out there and having that multi-channel approach really can differentiate yourself. And you see this when you look at certain websites, you know, they follow you around the internet. You know, the channels are interesting in terms of what you know, people do. I, I still think email is really valuable. I still think, I, obviously, text messaging is super valuable. And people are always discovering new ways to communicate. And uh, that's you know, since the dawn of time. Right on. All right, Mike. Well, thank you for joining us. It was super cool to catch up. I feel like we haven't had enough chances to talk over the years, but I know you've been busy at Uplaunch, and Lord knows I've been busy <laughs> at Push Press. So <laughs> it's good to catch up. 